This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Today on Real Ghost Stories Online, two children realize that they are both being tormented by the same ghostly man staring at them night after night as they try to sleep. What do you do when you're stuck in that situation as a child? Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802. Or writing at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown, and quite possibly, the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. And it is 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online. Write in at realghoststoriesonline.com and support our program if you wouldn't mind. We greatly appreciate that. You sign up to be an extra podcast person, an EPP as we call them. You do that at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash Stories. $5 a month is all it is. And you get access to all of our bonus episodes, more than 300 of them, exclusively for EPPs. You also get advanced access to our regular episodes weeks before they're released to the public, all ad-free. Plus, you get our ebook and our audiobook, both Amazon bestsellers, and about 15 bucks a pop if you were to buy them from Amazon or wherever you buy books, uh, or Audible, or wherever you get audiobooks. So that's a $30 value right there. You get it all. You get those two things free, included with your membership when you sign up. At, like I said, ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com to get all the extras. And most importantly, you get for you, it's all the extras. Most importantly for me on this end, keeping our show on the air. Your support is what matters most to allow us to keep doing this thing. Uh, in the last couple of weeks, we've upped the amount of episodes that we are doing as free episodes to four now. For a while, it was just me and Jenny doing them Monday through Wednesday, and then the EPP on uh, Thursdays that would come out uh, of Real Ghost Stories Online. Now, every Saturday, we have a fourth episode that airs, and it's it's really, it's just like the other episodes, except it's safe to listen to with your kids. We've had a lot of people ask for that. Uh, so I thought, well, sure, if we're going to do that, then I need my kid on the air with me. 
uh, to do the episode. So Harper, of course, here with us on our Saturday edition of Real Ghost Stories Online, the kid-friendly version of the program where we don't swear. It's still scary stories. So if you're not into scary, you know, this may not be the program for you. But uh, we're not going to swear. Uh, at least I'll try not to. Uh <laughs> As will you, right? <laughs> right. Okay. And uh, and that's how we do our show. So welcome uh, back, Harp. And uh, what's going on in your world today? Well, um, I was actually really looking forward to do this because I really love being on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a lot of people love having you on the show. Uh, I'm constantly getting uh, emails and messages from listeners saying uh, that they love hearing Harper on the air. Uh, so... Uh, you, uh, you're definitely a hit. People love hearing you. Thank you for, um, all out there that have been, um, doing that stuff and supporting our show. Yeah, definitely. Thank you guys so much for allowing us to, uh, to do this thing. Uh, our phone number, do you know our phone number off the top of your head yet? Have you, have you heard it, heard me say it enough to memorize it? It'll happen. I'm just asking if it's there yet. Um, not quite. Get so yeah. focused in the show that yeah. I, um, you, you kind of tune out. <laughs> yeah. The uh, the the non-obligatory things. Yeah. Eight five five eight five three forty eight zero two is our phone number here at uh, Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. We would absolutely love to hear them. Let's jump into our first story of the day. It starts with, hello, I'm a new listener, new to the podcast world in general. I've listened for a few of your more recent episodes and felt obligated to share one of my many stories. The first experience that I remember happened when I was around one and a half to five years old. My parents were getting a divorce and my mother leased a new townhome in a newly built complex called The Lost Homes. Great name, right? Not creepy at all. It was a two-bedroom home, so I shared my mom's room with her, and my 10-year-old brother had his own home. We'd sleep with the doors open just so my mom could hear if my brother needed anything. Well, every night from day one in this new house, I would wake up and see a shadow of a man standing in the doorway, darker than the darkness around him. He had red eyes. He'd just be there waiting and watching, and I had just lain there, terrified, staring back every night for what felt like forever. I did not say anything about this nightly occurrence to my family until one morning over breakfast, my brother asked my mom to stop having people over because they just argued in the hallway all night long and kept him up. So I chimed in saying, yeah, and I'm sick of the creepy guy staring at me all night. My mom did not have people over and wrote off the arguing sounds to being the neighbors since the townhomes had shared walls. It was possible he was hearing them and just unable to tell where it was actually coming from. But then she noticed our neighbors were camping out in their backyard and not sleeping in their house at night. She asked them about their odd routine, but they did not want to explain what was happening. So then she asked me for more details as the man I was about the man I was seeing. I described him to her. She just said it had to be my imagination or a dream, writing it up to be stress-related from all the recent changes. I knew it was not a dream, but I also knew I was young and not going to be taken seriously, so I dropped it. A few days after this discussion, my brother had to go in for open-heart surgery. My mom stayed at the hospital with him, and I stayed at my grandparents' house. My younger cousin was also staying there, and I told her all about the shadow man that I saw at my house. So we came up with our own ritual to get rid of him. I drew his picture on some craft paper, and then we crumbled it up, stomped on it, drowned it in the sink, yelled at the picture to leave me alone, and then put it in my grandma's trash compactor to squish him away. Later that night, my cousin and I were asleep in the guest bedroom, sharing a bed when we both woke up suddenly at the same time. The sight of a shadow floating across the room, a shadow lighter than the darkness around it. 
This light shadow was in the shape of an angel holding a book with glowing gold letters visible on an open page. The shadow raised its hand, its face, to slightly say, shh. And that's when I looked over at my cousin and she was frozen, eyes wide open, mouth open, like she should have been screaming, but nothing was coming out. So I started to scream, grabbed my cousin by her feet and dragged her off the bed and out the room yelling for my grandma. My cousin did not snap out of her situation until my grandma picked her up. My grandparents then separated the two of us and asked us to draw what we saw and tell them about our shared experience when our stories matched up perfectly. My grandpa called his best friend who happened to be a Catholic priest and asked him to come by in the morning. Then we called my mom at the hospital to make sure my brother was doing okay and my grandma filled her in on what had happened. That's when we found out that evening that while my mom was in the waiting room looking through a pile of magazines, she found a book on demons. Just randomly mixed in with the other reading options on the table in front of her. She read through the book and started to connect the experiences I was having to the stories in the book and filled my grandma in on the strange experiences at our new home. We could not fall back to sleep at my grandma's house that night and just laid around waiting for the sun to come up. The priest showed up at dawn in, my re in response to my grandfather's call, went over to the pictures drawn by my cousin and me, and asked us once again to go over what we experienced. He then pulled me aside to discuss my nightly visitor. I assured him I had not seen or felt the man's presence while my grandma and told him about the ritual me and my cousins made up, but we all made up to scare the man away. He said perhaps my angelic visitor showed up to help offer protection and then bless my cousin and me in my grandparents' house. A week later, my brother was cleared to leave the hospital, and we had to go back to the house. Luckily, I didn't see my shadow man anymore while living there, but I still hated being in that house. The whole complex had a terrible vibe to it, and when our six-month lease was up, we moved out ASAP and noticed all of our neighbors doing the same. I never forgot about the nightly visitor, and I've always hated sleeping with an open door after that. 32 years later, I'm still worried he'll reappear. But oddly, I forgot about the rest of the experiences tied to those visits until it all came back in a dream. I was guided through by my grandfather's best friend, the priest. I woke up from that dream and called my mom, and she confirmed the memories, said she still had the drawings hidden away in our attic, and then she told me that right before I called, she was woken up by a phone call informing her that the priest in my dream had passed away that night. From a very young age, I turned away from the church, organized religion, it's not my jam, but I always respected and loved our family priest and was very sad to hear of his passing and grateful for the return memories. Thanks for taking the time to read this and sharing it on your show, Nick. What are your thoughts? Well, first of all, I want to say thank you for your story, Nick. Um... Okay, there's a lot of, like, random things that all, like, Mm -hmm. pushed together yeah. like the the book about demons and the weird shadow man with red eyes mm -hmm. and then the angel yeah so, so it's like there's two different ghosts i, I don't know that it, it's it, 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 you're right there's there's almost like this angelic good type protector ghost and then there's like this other thing that is causing fear and is scaring them and it, it, all the coincidences on time, 
I, I find it very interesting that in the waiting room of the hospital, she found a book about demons. That, that doesn't seem like normal reading. Uh, it's not exactly uh, Us Weekly or People Magazine or, or, or Country Living or something like you'd normally see there uh, with the pages that are extremely uh, moist. I don't know if you've ever noticed this. You probably haven't. But I'm always grossed out by magazines in waiting rooms at doctor's offices because they look like they've been had been spilled on 42 times. They're all kind of crispy. You know, like when you get paper wet. Yeah, it gets kind of crispy. All the magazines at doctor's offices, for the most part, are usually very old and very uh, stained at some point in some sort of moisture. The gross part is you're in a doctor's waiting room office, so you don't necessarily think that people were sitting there spilling their water on this because nobody's drinking water. You just think a lot of people sneezed on this page to the point of where it has that crispy feeling. And that to me is scarier than than most everything else at the doctor's office is touching (laughs) the magazines. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a very interesting story. There's so many different uh, elements to it that... It makes you wonder what the hell was going on or, or or why was it going on. Another part that makes me wonder, the neighbors. The neighbors. It's like they also had like the same thing going on and they were like terrified of it. And their response was to go just, we're going to go camp outside. Yeah. And, and it's like their daily routine. Mm-hmm. So that's not right. Like that, that has to like, someone is at at least going to get hurt in that family at one point. Well, it's a good thing everybody moved out Yeah, uh, at, at some point, but it would be nice if I guess the conversation and the dialogue was more open where they could go to their neighbors and their neighbors could openly say, look, there's weird things going on in our house. That's why we're camping out here. I know this sounds crazy because if they were open to that conversation and I don't really blame them for not being because you say that out loud to many people they look at you like you have three eyes. I know from experience. Now that I've told people that crazy things are going on in my house, but just saying, hi, I tell ghost stories for a living. People look at you like you have three eyes sometimes. But the um, if, if they had that, had, had, excuse me, had had that conversation with their neighbors, they probably could have commiserated a little bit uh, and talked about some of these stories together. And realize everybody's not alone here. We're all experiencing this. Something is happening. Let's pass back to the name of the neighborhood. Because that wasn't creepy at all. (laughs) Yeah. The, uh, what was it? What was it called? I don't know. Can you like go back and read that name again? Let me go back to it. Yeah. Because it did stand out as like, oh my God. Um, Let's see here. The name of the neighborhood. uh, The Lost Homes. Lost homes. It's it's like it's like it's meant to be haunted. <laughs> like I would I would go through there and like we would like record a ghost stories and do like a ghost tour through that town if I were you. Just just because of the name itself. Could you imagine uh, trying to convince mom to live in a neighborhood called the Lost Homes? Even if she found like the perfect house, if she found this house, because she considers this the perfect house, and I do too. I love this house. I know you do too. Yeah, I love it. But could you imagine if this neighborhood was called the Lost Homes? I don't think we'd be living here. I think that that would have been when something something that she would have been like, um, no, <laughs> because you've been around, you've seen her when we're when we've been house shopping. 
we've been in in like Walmart before and she's on her phone looking up online to see if someone's died in the houses that we're looking at. Yeah. I remember going through the Easter section with you one day and we were looking at Easter baskets and candy and she's on her phone looking up like murderedinhouse.com or something (laughs) (laughs) trying to find out if anyone had ever been murdered in a property that we've been interested in. Uh, and, And I don't blame her. She does her research. It's an important thing. But the lost homes, you have to wonder who on earth thought this was a good idea from a marketing standpoint of let's name this neighborhood the lost homes. And there's another thing that also um, stands out to me. It's it's like devil. It's the the creepy man with the red eyes. It's almost like a devil. Mm-hmm. And then the good ghost, well, not necessarily a ghost, but an angel. Mm-hmm. It's like devil's an angel. It is. And and maybe it's that, but sometimes it can just be something that maybe not an angel, but just maybe just a um, a nice spirit, a positive spirit, a nice person yeah, nice. versus a, a, a scary person. Um, the red eyes are a little much, uh, but um, that, that, that I think could be something darker or it could just be as there's evil, mean, asshole humans. I, I think that there there certainly can be that, too in the the ghost world as well yeah so thank you for sharing that story with us we do greatly appreciate it the phone number is 855-853-4802 or you can write it on the website realghoststoriesonline.com let's go to our next story it says my name is jessica i'm now 19 years old and this is my first story my mom and dad divorced but we separated when i was about four years old My mom and stepdad, when I was three, and uh, moved in with him on my fifth birthday. We moved into a brand new house where we were the first owners. Just jump ahead a bit. We lived there as a family for about 10 years. My mom was having a field day in this new place, decorating, moving the furniture in uh, a while. My stepdad was, was at work. We moved in the first week of August. I know the exact date as my stepdad's birthday is August 4th. My mom, me, and my older brother went to the animal shelter and bought my stepdad a cat for his birthday. So it seemed like we were living the life. Everything was superb, or at least so we thought. Everything was calm for the first few years of living in this brand new house. The bliss were caught up. The family was stronger than ever. My mom and stepdad had bought a new mini caravan. You know, the ones before there were doors on both sides. We were all doing great. I'm telling you these stories as my mom told them to me. She said life was great in the beginning. Well, it all really starts when I started fifth grade in this new place. If you think back to fifth grade, 10 years old, we moved in right before my fifth birthday, so it took almost a decade to start its talent. My mom had a strict bedtime routine for my brother and me and for school. Eight o'clock every night, we were on schedule, even on weekends. After all, I was 10 and he was 12. I remember I had a canopy bed with pink Minnie Mouse Disney sheets. I did not have a ceiling fan. Then, the only air conditioning in and out of my room was through the air vents on the floor, and when the door would open and close, the top of my bed always swayed. It was almost like air was being forced through, kind of like the fabric of the canopy, but that's really nothing. My bed would sometimes jolt by itself, and that would creep me out. I had a very weird bed. After all, my parents bought it for me at a yard sale, an estate sale. We brought my brother's bed from a the same sale, and he would sometimes complain about the bed moving. When we got our first family computer, 
we had a CompuServe internet service in 2000. I was 10 and my stepdad was a truck driver, so he'd always work late. Usually it was just me, my mom and my brother's home. Eight o'clock came around and like clockwork, my brother and I settled into our beds. One night I heard a woman's voice coming from what sounded like my closet. I immediately thought it was my mother who liked to stay up late playing internet games until my stepdad came home. So I got out of bed and went into our living room and I asked what my mother had wanted from me. Why did she call my name? She looked all confused and she said something along the lines of, um, I didn't call you, go back to bed. So knowing in the back of my head that yes, I did hear a woman's voice calling my name, I reluctantly went to bed. My mom had a stillborn baby in 1999 and immediately got pregnant again with my brother Ben, who will be nine in February uh, 09, uh, or on February 9th. He was born at 2-2-2000 at 2.22 a.m. He weighed eight pounds and two ounces, born on Tuesday, 22 inches long. He was a great joy to my family. Ben was my stepdad's first and only birth child. He is still overjoyed to this day. When Ben was almost two, my stepdad's brother, Henry, I think his name was, died. This will have relevance later in the story. My brother, Robert, went to live with my dad and stepmom in 2002. So late at night, it was just me and my brother and mom until my stepdad got home. Well, my mom had just sat Ben and me down for dinner. Now across from the dining room table is a hallway that leads to my room at the end of it. The bathroom is to the left and Ben's room, Robert's old bedroom, is to the right. Ben was sitting in his high chair directly in front of the hallway. My mom put his little plate and kid-proof fork in front of him and he dug in. He put his head up and investigated the hallway, then tilted his head like a dog does when you do something weird in front of him. Ben told my mom, who was sitting to his left, that he saw Daddy in the doorway. As if he looked for a second time, he turned his head to my mom and said, No, Mommy, that's not Daddy. But it's a man who looks like Daddy in the doorway of Sissy's room. Me being Sissy. My sister and I looked at each other at the same time, then leaned over and looked in the doorway. Then, out of nowhere, Ben started cracking up laughing. He squinted around as if he wanted out of his high chair. So my mom picked up his plate and let him down. Went straight to the hallway, switched the hallway light on and stumbled over to the doorway of my room, reached his hands up high and started giggling. And my mom was shocked at what, we sh- what we're seeing. The next day, Saturday, my brother Robert had come over from my dad's house. My stepdad received a phone call saying that his brother Henry had died. The caller was Joe's sister, Mary. I guess Mary had asked Joe if he had any pictures of Henry to bring them up to her house because they were putting together a slideshow for Henry's funeral. So Joe and all of us started going through the shoeboxes and looking at old photos. Ben was not about to count himself out, so Joe opened a photo book, and there on the first page was a picture of Henry. Joe wanted to look through the album before taking any pictures out. When Joe flipped the page, Ben shuddered. Hold on, Daddy. Ben turned the page, and from page two to page one, he started laughing. So we know how it is when babies laugh, when we all joined in in the laughter and asked Joe and Ben, son, what's so funny? Ben said, daddy, I know this man. He's the man I saw last night in Sissy's doorway. That sure stopped the laughter. My mom quickly turned to each other and we shook our heads in shock. We told Joe about the night before and how Ben just cut up laughing in the doorway of my room. It's freaky that babies can see what we cannot. So that was the highlight in 2002. There are many stories to tell about each year in that house, like the footsteps we always heard and I would never be in that house alone. And for some reason, I always wanted my little brother to sleep in my room at night. 
Robert moved back in, and instead of the boys sharing a room, I had Ben's toddler bed put in my room, and we shared it. Also, my brother loved having his space. That's well, a long story. I have many more to tell from 10 years to now. From Florida to Michigan. I now live in Michigan with my husband, Ryan. I will share them on another episode of your podcast. Thank you for all that you do. It's a very uh, interesting story where the timelines line up uh, very well of the the man dying, the uncle dying, I believe it was, all the way to uh, then, you know, the baby seeing him in the doorway and laughing, almost as if the ghost made a final appearance in that house to check on everybody. And the baby's the only one who saw. And when you're around a baby, you try and make it laugh. You try and get a smile. So that's probably exactly what he was doing. And he knew how to make the baby laugh and no one else sensed it. But then he certainly, the baby knew who he was talking about when he saw the pictures. Yeah. Um, also, the moving beds wasn't creepy at all. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong with the moving beds? When you have a bed that moves on its own. Yeah, that's um, luckily they they didn't say the word bunk bed. Otherwise, it would have gotten to ring the bell uh, for the bunk bed bell. Yeah, and also the fact that it was bought at a garage sale wasn't creepy at all. Yeah, you know, people do that, though, especially with kids' beds. You know, and same with kids' clothes. Wait, you guys grow out of things so fast, just like I did, too, when I was a kid. Most of my clothes growing up were garage sale clothes. That my mom would go and get because we would go garage sailing. I never had, or did I? I don't think I had a used bed. I think my bed was always bought at a store. I could be wrong though. Um, but kids' beds too, quite often, you know, you grow out of a kid's bed. So there's a lot of life left in those things rather than just throwing it away or something. You resell it and then somebody else gets it. You make a little money back and there's really nothing wrong with it unless your bed is haunted as you know what? Um, it, yeah. it, it, it's, it's one of those things where it's, uh, it's very bizarre. One of the strange things that we have going on on our show, uh, over the years. And I don't know, I, I would say it's probably decreased a little bit in terms of the amount of stories that I've seen come in, in the last, I don't know, two or three years, but for a while it was heavy. And that's why we developed the bunk bed bell. Cause it almost got funny people writing in about a ghost story and within the, the confines of the ghost story was a bunk bed. And whether the bunk bed clearly had anything to do with the story or not, we didn't know. It wasn't like bunk bed is causing this, but bunk beds were always like part of the story. And what I go back to, have I ever told you the bunk bed story in Wisconsin of the town that had the bunk bed? No. Okay, so this is an, an interesting thing. It goes back to an old episode of Unsolved Mysteries which is a TV show that I loved watching and they just brought back. But there was a, they had a ghost episode on once and I've talked about this on other episodes of the show and I've talked to this about with investigators as well who know what I'm talking about. One who actually has all of the archive material on this investigation recently. Um, but there was a town called, or there is a town called Horicon, Wisconsin. And it's, it's not too far from where I grew up. And in this town, this family got a bunk bed and this is the only thing that they can coincide all these weird things happening in their house with is them purchasing this bunk bed and their children started seeing weird apparitions in the house. The father came home one night late from work and he thought his garage was on fire. He literally 
pulled up to the house. It looked like the garage was on fire. He runs into the house because he sees the lights on and his family through the window. And he runs in there and yells at them, you guys, we got to get out of the house. The garage is on fire. And his lunch pail that he took to work goes flying across the room. And everybody runs outside and looks at the garage. At least this is how I remember it from the episode. If I'm off, I apologize. I'm not trying to make up a ghost story. Um, but uh, they run out of the house. Garage is not on fire. Everything looks fine. And people are just freaked out. Like, what What happened? What's new? Why did this haunting occur or start occurring seemingly when they bought this bunk bed? There was no weird markings on the bunk bed that they saw or anything like that. But the kids themselves were having issues in their room. They were seeing things. An uncle or somebody decided, uh, or the dad, I don't know, somebody stayed the night in the room with the kids just to try and calm them down. And they saw something too. And it's at that point they decided to get rid of the bunk beds. So they took the bunk beds, took them out to the dump, and they just, they didn't resell them. They they just got demolished during a, a dump heap in Wisconsin somewhere, now probably, you know, long gone. And the activity stopped after that. And that story had stuck with me my entire life because I probably saw it when I was about your age originally on Unsolved Mysteries. And I was getting into ghosts at that time, just like you are now. And that story to me was so interesting, probably because it was like 30 miles from where I grew up. So it made it more exciting. Um, but it's a very interesting story nonetheless. And I've always remembered that story. And so I found it very amusing doing the show and starting the show up. And then the first couple hundred episodes you get a lot of stories involving bunk beds it's like why bunk beds of all things bunk beds um and that's when we started the bunk bed bells over here that every time the word bunk bed shows up in a story we ring the bell don't don't i have a bunk bed bell well a signed bell uh yeah you have one of the bells that we had uh, that i gave you that we because we had given them away to listeners uh yeah for a while ago um but yeah so that's how all that began but it's been very interesting. I've talked to people. I've actually talked to some investigators that uh, recently got the archived material from the people who were doing the investigation in Wisconsin all those years ago. I believe one of the main investigators has passed away because this was 30 years ago. Um, and they were interested in the story, too, and went down to, I believe, Florida and got all their material, all the stuff that they had researched. And they're trying to reopen the story and try and figure out what was this, because uh, I'm not the only one that's fascinated with this concept of what is the deal with the bunk beds. Yeah. Um, bunk beds? Um, I see as the funnest, but... Yeah. Yeah, it's like, especially the ones with the slides. Yeah. Those are the best. As a kid, it's nothing but a positive, happy thing. Yeah. If, if you're a kid and you're somewhere and there's a bunk bed, that's awesome. Like, oh, cool, a bunk bed. I remember going in, we stayed at a cabin one time, me and my parents when I was little, and the bedroom that I stayed in had bunk beds. And I'm like, this is great. It was just me. But I got to sleep up high for the first time. And I'm like, this is awesome. This is fun. So it's this thing that's like instilled in you from a very early age. This is a fun, great thing. But then to have all these stories connected to something like that. Yeah, like... uh. Maybe like if unicorns were haunted, you know, it's like, what? Why would the unicorn or, or, or like a unicorn doll is haunted? And then we get all these stories or you end up getting all these stories in 30 years from now on this same show when you're hosting it. And it's all about that. And it's like, why 
Why stuffed plush unicorns? <laughs> this is a happy thought. Why is this having all these things? Yeah, stuffed plush unicorns are adorable and awesome. <laughs> so I don't know, it, but it is a fascinating uh, thing to, to kind of dive into. It's funny because like the funnest of things that mm -hmm. are like really original yeah. have like the strangest occurrence. Well, I, I think there's a draw to it. I think it's the same reason I'm drawn into looking at what's called urban decay. Are you are you familiar with what urban decay means? No. Okay, so urban decay would be like when we go, um, remember that scary ass neighborhood that we stayed at in, I believe it was, it was somewhere in the South, but we stayed at a really nice hotel. It was in a downtown setting. The hotel was pretty. We went, it was like an older hotel that had been renovated and they brought it back to its original uh, look and feel. And we, we went swimming in their basement. Like the basement was where the pool was. Yeah. I okay. Remember. Yeah. And the hotel was great. I loved it. But the but then the second you were outside, the downtown was just in utter, it was a mess. It was in decay. Things were falling apart. It wasn't safe to barely even walk to your car. And, but you could tell, like, there had once been, like, a big theater marquee across the street. And there were these really neat restaurant signs that were down the road. And it looked, you could tell at one time, this was a thriving, beautiful neighborhood. And people were having a good time and things were nice. And... For whatever reason, things have changed in that that area, and then it gets neglected, and then these once beautiful, ornate things start falling apart and rotting away. And to me, there's a lot of beauty in that. There's a lot of things I find really interesting about looking at that, and and things that once were really pretty and cool, and now rotting apart. That's urban decay. It's modern things. It's city things that were once vibrant and part of current modern culture that now are just have be, are being taken back by nature that to me i find very fascinating there was that show abandoned i used to like to watch uh on vice and you i think you watched a few episodes with me where they would go to places that were just decaying a lot of there's a lot of shopping malls that are like that now that are falling apart and literally you know trees are growing in them not the ones that they planted to be part of center court but literally growing through the insides of the mall because it's rotting away um just that that the yin and the yang the the extremes of both ends i think is what i find very interesting where you take something that was once so ornate and beautiful and then you just let it rot or something let it rot. And seeing its state after the fact, after it's gone through that decay, um, is what I find interesting. And I think that that's part of the interest there when you have something like a bunk bed that's haunted. It's like, this is not supposed to be like that. And it draws you in. Yeah, it's like, of all things, this could have been like something better than yeah. a haunted bunk bed or a rotting away um, great movie theater. But like, yeah. That was great in the 1980s. <laughs> they, they probably go back even further than the 80s, but I get what you're saying. Yeah. Some of them now were, were 80s, but a lot of these were like 60s, 70s, and things like that, even earlier. Um, but that's funny. <laughs> great in the 1980s. There's plenty, there's plenty that are like that. When you're little, uh, what I find amusing is I look back on this now, and I would look back, because I was born in the 80s, and I would look back on things from like the 50s and the 60s as being, oh my gosh, that is so old. I still do. 
And I probably always will because that's my perspective point. So your perspective point is the same, you know, as as mine would have been, except when you look back in time, it's the 80s. That seems like that was a long time ago. My perspective point with my parents would have been the 50s and 60s. But then when you get older, you realize, oh my God, the 80s weren't that long ago. But for me, the 50s and 60s weren't that long ago prior to when I was born. Um, but you're just, you don't realize that till you get older and you have the perspective of time. It's an interesting thing, how that kind of plays with you. Yeah. So anyway, that's going to wrap up today's episode of Real Ghost Stories online. Thank you again for being in here, Harper. Of course, every Saturday we do an episode. So if you like to listen to Real Ghost Stories online and you enjoy the idea of sharing it with kids, but you don't want the swearing, well, then you get the Saturday episode. I do say, I did say ass once or twice in the episode, but I didn't say anything else. So that's, I think that's progress, right? Right. Okay. So that's going to wrap up the program for today. Uh, thank you guys. If you are a supporter of the program, we greatly appreciate that. Ghostpodcast.com is where you sign up to be a supporter or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Until next time for Harper and all of us at Real Ghost Stories Online, I'm Tony Brisky. Thanks for listening. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.